Grand Rising, everyone. Natalie from Two Lives, Spirit and Coffee. Got my coffee here. Yum, yum. Okay, let's get started. Let me try to look halfway decent. Um, <laughs> so I got um, some paper because I feel like um, sometimes um, in my brain, being able to draw things out and give you guys sort of a visual of what I'm talking about seems to help. Um, and so um, as we're walking through this material, sometimes it's easier to try to give a visual. And for those who are on the Podbean and listening, I will try to describe. But again, you can also go on to my Facebook at Spirit and Coffee Talk and see my face um, should you choose to do that. Um, but again, Podbean's a lot easier, right? <laughs> I want to transition to, I think, YouTube um, eventually when we get my equipment set up and start streaming again. Um, but it's probably going to take a little bit of time to do that. But that's okay. That's where I'm headed. Okay. So, Miracles of the One Thing, Chapter 4, uh, page 50. Um, and Miracles of the One Thing. So, getting into the dense matter now, I'm going to draw this out yesterday. I think it really helped. Um, a friend of mine try to understand, you know, because people say, well, is there hell? Is there heaven? Do people come out of hell? What is hell? You know, all these things. And so for me to draw heaven and hell, right, to what does that mean to live in a duality where we believe or, or some people believe that heaven and hell exist? Well, for us to understand what that means without having the fear programming, but knowing that we have choice, you have a choice, whether you become denser or descend into dark matter, or if you become uh, choose to become light. You remember, it's a, a choice. So there's nothing to fear, right? Because we have been given that choice, and we're sort of in this middle space, if you will, where we are experiencing the dualities, right? Which is either or, black or white, this or that. Well, it doesn't have to be that way, right? It could be both and, and we can figure out if we want to ascend how that would look and what that would be. So if we saw it in a, in a line, I'm just going to make it linear, okay? I talked about it yesterday, but I'm going to show you. So it's a line, okay? So we have this line. And on the top, we're going to say that on the top, it's light. And on the bottom, it's dark. So we have light and dark, okay, on this spectrum. We can say that we're here in the middle of this light and dark, just right smack dab in the middle of that where we experience both the light and the dark, black and white, either or, this or that. And so we have this, this continuum of these, these the duality, right? But we have choice. So in here we can say that this is choice, that we have a choice. And we can also say that the duality exists here. Okay. So we have duality. Now, this is not darkness. This is duality. This is darkness. So I'm going to put DK. And oops, I was backwards. Okay. DK. And then we're going to put dark. And then for this would be um, in the center, um, this would be duality. So DU, duality. Okay. So here we go. This way okay dk and then duality du oh i guess it came out backwards okay that's fine 
Um, so we have the duality, we have the light dark, we have um, this center space. Now in that center space, we have choice. This is the choice that we have where we can ascend upward into the light or we can send downward into the dark. We can go up into the heavens or we can go down into the underworld. And in here, right, when we go, when we ascend here, we pull stuff. We can even say that this is perhaps the unconscious mind. And that the unconscious mind, we pull and extract some information and we bring it up to the conscious mind. And then we can enlighten it and bring it up here and draw it up there. So there's no need to really be afraid. But people are used the dark to entice fear in this middle space that we exist in where the duality exists. Okay. So we have this opportunity to recognize both. We are in a space where we can recognize that there is this deep dark matter. And as as things get darker, we get denser and denser and denser and denser and denser. Okay. It's like if we went into a black hole. Okay. If let's say that all matter, right. Let's say that we went towards a black hole. They say that that's what's happening anyway. Okay. And we got sucked into this black hole. See, there's more space than there isn't space. Good morning, GP man. And that when all of the matter condenses into one thing, it becomes tiny as a grain of sand, but dense, 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 so dense you couldn't pick it up. So it's kind of like those rocks. You know those rocks that you see that are very, um, first of all, we'll talk about very light rocks that are very aerated, right? They have like a bunch of uh, air in them. You pick it up, it looks heavy, and you pick it up and it's light. Then you pick up a rock that's dense and it's tiny and it's so heavy that you can't even pick it up. It's so heavy, but it's so tiny. And you're like, wow, for being so tiny, it's so heavy. Well, that's dense matter. And as we ascend down into the darkness, or if you go down, we become more dense. So people talk in terms of dimensions. Um, and really, they should be talking in terms of density. How dense are you? How light are you? Um, so again, when we think about spirits or when we think about air, when we think about what that means, it's very light. You can't even see it, right? Because the breath became inspiration. It became how we came up with the word spirit and understanding that breath was this thing that we couldn't see. We didn't know what was happening, but it was light and it's what kept us alive. And so that spirit, that transformation of energy that we can't see is very light. And we call it spirit, right? Our inspiration or to breathe, right, is is what happened. But when we talk about dense matter, we're talking about the collection of material into one space. And as it gets darker and we ascend into the darkness, we get denser and denser and denser and denser. Now, this is how food becomes important in in our in what we do as well, because lighter food's gonna help us become lighter, denser food's gonna keep us grounded here to the earth so so looking at that right so that's how they understand and that's how they use food right um no that's how they're using that's how they use food that's how they use all these things against us to keep us dense so you're looking if you're looking to be light right then you look at things that allow you to open up the space and allow you to lift your spirit up lift yourself up and be light. 
Okay, now you can do either one and be on either spectrum. Right now, we're seeing life through the lens of, of a shadow, right? Of the very dense matter, very dense, and it's very heavy. And they're trying to enroll people into that. And people are. People are accepting the storyline. They're, you know, it's easier to, to, to draw into the fear. Why? Because it's everywhere. And because we have been driven through our parasympathetic, our sympathetic system so much that our nerves are, are we're, we're in anxiety, we're in panic mode, we're freaking out. And the trick on what's happening, the trick to keep our minds still and to actually allow ourselves to overcome that fear-based programming or to allow ourselves to just let it go is to remind ourselves that we have a choice to ascend into the light. We don't have to choose the darkness. Now, the darkness is there. It's always going to be there because we're in that middle space. Again, if you looked on the diagram where you see the, the dark and the light, we are in this sort of middle purgatory space, right? We're in this space where we have choice. So you have a choice. The choice is yours. And, and of course, the energies that at play are going to try to make you believe that there's no choice, that no, you absolutely will go through darkness. Um, I think that there was a um, big concert that happened. I don't even know the guy. I didn't even know who the guy was, but apparently a lot of people follow him and some people passed away, God bless their souls, at this big ginormous event that was happening. Um, and, you know, they're talking about how this character, you know, is trying to enroll people. And he said something that was pretty um, kind of disturbing, but this is kind of what's happening, right? This is how they're trying to get people to buy into their illusion. Um, he said something like the rapture already happened. So if you're here, we're all in hell together. Um, you know, and to me, that is very, um, first of all, it's pretty psychotic to say to a bunch of people and think it's funny. You don't play jokes like that. Um, which is, you know, it's just not cool when you're up there, per, quote unquote, being a leader of individuals, right? And so getting up there and saying that, but here's the deal. No, they, they're going to want you to believe that. Why? Well, because they need to feed off that energy, right? They, they need more people to feed off that energy because it grows. You can watch this in mythology. Um, I, like I told you, I just watched... Um, clash of the titans where you see perseus and you see hades hades says they feed off fear humans feed off fear and 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 they feed me through their fear we are the ones growing the fear you see that's what i'm trying to get you guys to get, understand is we feed the fear it's not they feed us we buy into it and we feed it and then it grows and then it circulates all over i mean when we first saw the pandemic happen everybody everywhere was in panic mode, right? I think more people than not. And there was some who really were like, what? I'm not afraid of this. Like, I'm not afraid, but we can feed it and it grows. And it grows so much that we have these people that call themselves entertainers get up there and actually feed the fear so much that individuals are dying from it. You know, it, it gets that extreme, but there's no need to fear. Because we have choice. We're in this space where it, it is almost like a purgatory in some respect. I know um, that that theme keeps coming up. It's something that I've thought about in the past is this purgatory. Maybe you guys have had those contemplations of that. But in a way, we are because we're in this sort of middle space. 
and the middle space allows us to see both the it see we see the duality we can see the duality of dark and light now it would be almost frightening if we couldn't see the duality but the darker that you descend into the darkness the more it's the harder it is to see the light and therefore you become denser and deeper into the shadows where you can allow yourself to illuminate and actually ascend into the light because you can choose that. You have a choice and either choice is yours. I thought about that before. I believe it. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, with purgatory, there's choice though. And, you know, I don't think they talk about that, about, you know, purgatory, right? It's like you're in purgatory, you're stuck in the middle. Good morning, Rachel. But we do, we have a choice. We have a choice to ascend to the light or descend to the to the darkness. And we are seeing it more and more and more and more. And, and then we're going to continue to see it because people are feeding the fear. And so people are, are making money off of it, right? They're like, let's make more money. Let's, people are just, they're feeding off of it, right? And we see it. We see that they're feeding off of it. I mean, we all have choices. Yes, <laughs> yes. Bobby, just to sum it up very simply, we all have choices. <laughs> um, but understanding that sometimes we forget, right? We forget we have choices. We think we only have one or one choice or the other choice, right? And and it's not. We, there's multiple choices. Um, where sometimes the darkness is pulling us in, and we don't even know that we can choose the light at times. So it's really reminding ourselves of that because. It's hard sometimes when we're in a situation, it's easy to say, yeah, we have a choice, but then you're faced with these really, really hard situations where you feel like you don't, and you don't know what to do. And how do I get out of this one? Or which way do I move? Well, remember, we always have this choice of either choosing what's easy or choosing what's right. So sometimes what's right isn't easy. And that's where we come up and we bump up against our integrity, right? Spirit, body, mind, alignment. Now, integrity, I'm going to circle back to those charts that I used to talk about in my teachings um, a long time ago. We have spirit, mind, body. So spirit, mind, and then we have body. So spirit, mind, and body. And if we did it in a linear fashion, and I say linear because it isn't linear, but in the depiction or in the, the charts in the models, it's linear, right? Mostly because I suck at drawing. So I'm not going to be able to do five dimensional, three dimensional type stuff. Everything for me will be linear until I hire somebody to put these charts in something that looks more um, 3D or such. Okay. But in a linear fashion, if we saw spirit at the top, mind, and then body, we can say that that's walking integrity when all of these things align. That when we align our spirit, mind, and our body, we are walking in integrity. And it's a secular motion, right? It's not just one or the other, but it, it's a constant, um, it's almost like an infinity where one or the other is being challenged. And we can say that our spirit's not necessarily being challenged. Our spirit sort of reminds us to, to stay aligned or in integrity. It kind of tells us, hey, you're off. But our mind, which is the biggest place for us to be tricked, our mind will really trick us. And we can say that our mind doesn't just exist in the head. It's also in our gut, right? So we have sort of in the body, we have more than one mind. We have multiple minds. 
we have the gut, which they say is the first mind, and then we have our brain. So when we think about it, when we when we align our spirit, mind, and our body, when we're off of integrity, um, really what we're doing is we're compromising our soul. We're compromising our spirit. We're saying, nah, I don't hear you. I'm going to go this way. And then what ends up happening is our body will tend to um, get sick, right? Our, our body tends to get sick when we're off. When our body is functioning properly, our mind starts to think the way that it should, right? And our spirit's like, yes, this is good. So we know, and everybody says you have that gut feeling, all that. It goes into that. Um, having good health isn't just physical. Yeah, exactly. Mental, emotional, spiritual, right? All of that stuff goes in it. So it's like a, it's a culmination of all these things that, that go into it. So when we align the spirit, mind, and body, we're walking in integrity, we ascend, we become lighter. But when we don't, we're becoming denser. And when we become denser, we start to have the monkey mind step in and, and the fear-based programming starts to get us. So when you think about it, and you could think about it even from the bigger picture, right? Where we think about, you know, big agro, big pharma, big, all these things, literally that they're trying to attack every piece of that, right? Let's give you food that's going to make you sick. Your, your gut health won't be good. If your gut's not functioning properly, that's a brain. It's part of your body Then it, it plays tricks on you, right? Who knows? I mean, I don't know. I haven't ate. I, I cook all my meals. I mean you know, I'm kind of a weirdo. <laughs> really, I have to be a weirdo be doing a show like this for so long, huh? Um, but, you know, I cook all my meals. I haven't ate out and I don't know how long. I have ate out, but not at fast food is what I mean in terms of like McDonald's and these big, 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 big things. And, you know, I'm surprised people still eat it. In my worldview, no one eats it because I don't for some reason, but that's not the case, right? What is being put into that food well, we know that that food is not really healthy for you. And what it does is it screws up your gut, which is your brain, one of your brains, which then screws up your thoughts. So I don't even know. People could have nightmares, right? Or they can be, um, you know, they say if you have a bad gut, you get bad nightmares and, and tremors and all this stuff. So it's they're running havoc on us. And it's hard. It's hard because we're in a society where it's speed up, speed up, speed up. So there's all of these things. I mean, it, this is what I'm saying is it's not easy. And there's about a billion trillion things coming at you at once, attacking all those things, attacking your body, attacking your mind, attacking your emotions. Uh, and, you, and, and it's almost like, how do I get above the water to even take a breath from all the shit that's being thrown at me? And you know what? Turn everything off. And just be by yourself. Now, that's a hard thing, right? Because our monkey mind comes in. It's overcoming addiction. It's all of these things. It's a very long, hard road to take. It's not the easy path. It's not the popular path. It's just not. It's easier to zone out. It's easier to just, you know, do what's easy instead of do what's right. Right? It's easier to go grab some fast food than to do what's right for your body and make a meal. Trust me, I know I go through this every day. I cook all my food and sometimes I drive myself crazy having to do this, but I, I would get sick if I ate out. I've I, I just cooked so long for myself that I would be sick. So looking at yourself 
and just asking yourself, where are the pieces that I'm compromising myself? What part of um, my spirit, mind, or body, emotionally, physically, am I compromising myself? Am I not setting boundaries for myself? Am I not taking care of me? We don't take care of ourselves. See, we put ourselves last most times, especially if you have children in a, in a family, right? Tend to put ourselves last. Now, I don't have children and I don't have a family, so I can't speak to that, but I do see it. I do see that parents tend to put themselves last. And they feel because of out of selfishness, they feel it's not good to put themselves first and they should be putting themselves first so that they can then be better for the child, which is hard, right? I don't live in that mindset. I don't know what it's like, but it's still allowing yourself to, to love yourself enough and ask yourself, where am I compromising my integrity? Because that is going to help you, right? If we say, if we say practical use of esoteric wisdom, well, that's part of it. Part of it is where am I compromising my own integrity? Where do I say yes when I should be saying no? What addictions do I still have that I know are harming me instead of helping me? Right? And it's not easy. Right? I have addictions still too. Like people will say, well, it's not bad, but coffee's an addiction. But it could be bad if I have an ulcer. <laughs> right? It's not good for me. If I have an ulcer, that's not a good thing. So you know, I've overcome other addictions like alcohol. See, human, we're all human and, and everybody has their addictions. Could be, it could be sex, right? Sex could be your addiction or it could be drugs. Um, it could be alcohol. It could be gambling. I don't know. It could be whatever it is. We all have it. Sugar, you know, there's all these addictions and it's, it's human nature to do that. It's not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, is it serving you? Is it helping you? Or is it compromising your integrity? And so we look at that and we say, okay, I'm off a little bit. That's okay. So how do I sort of ascend into the light? Because what that's going to do is draw you down into the darkness. That's why this path isn't easy because we're constantly looking at ourselves all the time, every day, all day. And it can be exhausting at times. We have to take a break from even that. The addiction of constantly um, trying to ascend somewhere when instead of being in this present moment. So there's so much packed into all of it, right? So for you is really just looking at that. Where am I compromising my integrity? It's a one question. You know, at what level is it spirit, mind? Is it my body? I was a workaholic. That's, uh, yeah, that's bad too. Amen. Workaholic is a bad thing as well. Yes. Especially when you're, um, you know, sacrificing um, relationships, um, which is something we need. That's another thing. We sacrifice relationships for work. I'm a workaholic too, um, obviously, because I don't have... <laughs> I don't have children, so where do I put my time into work? Trust me, the, the, the concept of just being, we are not human doings, we're human beings, which is a hard concept for most of us to um, understand. In our being, in our human being, if we, we dropped into just being, right, and there's books on this, you know, um, The Power of Now is a big one, Eckhart Tolle, everybody loves that book, I read it when it first came out ages ago, um, we have Zit, I can't even say his name, but he does the meditation, mindfulness meditation, where we become mindful of that. 
we become mindful that we are in a doing and allow ourselves to be in a being. And when we're in the being state is when we get our greatest epiphanies and time starts to slow down. See, we do have, we can work with time and we can slow time down. Um, but we are not 100% trained unless you guys are and you guys can totally chime in if you are um, in, in that mindfulness meditation. Most of us are not trained to slow time. And we, we feel like we're constantly chasing time. And we don't allow ourselves to be because the, the reality is we, when we slow down and we be, is when we start to work with time, slow time, and start to reach into the light. And we get information. We extract information. Now, on either spectrum, we can get information in the light and the dark. The dark will teach us our greatest lessons. So no need to fear. I think that's the main message that I want to take away and keep telling people. There's no need to fear for what is happening and what is going on in the world. Okay, because we have a choice. See, if we didn't have choice, then that would be, you know, I could see people being in total panic, but we still do, right? We still have choice. We have a choice. Now, again, the choices may not be what we like. That that could be the thing, right? That's the case where people panic and they say, well, I have a choice, but I'm not really liking my choices. <laughs> and then we have to, we're bumped up against what's right and what's easy. And we can take the easy route right? Or we can take the hard route. And sometimes the hard route is not the popular way to go. And it's against the grain sometimes, but it's necessary. Um, it's necessary for me and my story and the person that I am. Doesn't mean it's necessary for you. You guys have your own journey to take. Everything that you do is your journey and you have a responsibility for each step that you take in that journey. So, you know, people will ascend. So they'll, they'll say, well, look, did you see what they did or they did or they did? Yeah, that's okay. There's consequences for everything. There, there's a ripple effect in everything that they choose and everything that we choose. So you, again, have choices. And that's very easy. Like Bobby said, yes, we have choices. <laughs> but remember that. That's the point. <laughs> remember that you do. Um, we just tend to forget it very quickly. Um, so spirit, mind, body alignment. Um, and again, if you saw the spirit at the top, so the way that I typically draw this thing, right. For those on Podbean, um, is I just draw a circle, three circles all in a line, um, in a horizontal, um, I'm sorry, vertical in a vertical line, spirit, mind, body, one under the other circle them each. And then there you go. And then you can do this sort of like the kundalini energy can like go through each one of those circles and you can see that it's the synergy of walking integrity and that that when one of those is off balance or is tweaked to the side even just a little um we we see that we're not in integrity and so what we're doing is we're constantly looking how to bring ourselves back to center and it's hard because we are not set to be on center 
we're we're off just a little bit right it's almost like a balance beam we're not in this world everything's changing constantly so we're constantly trying to find our way back to center the the trick is not to get so far off center that you have these big highs and these big lows and that's what some people will do um some people will really try to reach to ascend they just want they they want to be enlightened and they want these big you know, spiritual things. And what they do is they, they elevate their spiritual sense way, 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 way high. And then they forget that they have to come down eventually because they're here on earth still. And then what they do is they crash, boom, and they hit the bottom. And what ends up happening is that they end up depressed or, or sad. And then they're constantly looking for that next high to feel that peak experience that they had before. But here, and I'm going to say this in alchemy, it's not about having these really big high peak experiences, rather to allow yourself to have these sort of in-between experiences where you're, you're, you're sort of going a little bit high and low. And that way you can stay balanced, right? You don't want these big peaks and down. I mean, you could, but it doesn't feel good when you come out of those states if you're way high. People have lost their mind doing that. You can really lose your mind. I mean, literally, you can totally not even remember what reality is and and it's not. You can just totally stay your head in the clouds, which is what that's going to do for you is um, not let you do your work, really. And then there's the other spectrum where you're too far down and you can't even reach those states of bliss. So you don't want to go too far in the pendulum is what I'm saying. And people are con you'll see people everywhere and they talk about it. I'm so enlightened. I'm, I'm, I'm just re trying to reach for these spiritual. I'm going to go take ayahuasca and I'm going to go do all this stuff. And they don't realize that they, they're still here on earth. <laughs> they're still on the planet. Actually, you are all right all the way you started from the scratch. Wait, uh, actually, you are all right all the way. You started from the scratch. Okay. Uh, you want to go a little bit further into that, Danish, what you mean? I don't know what you mean by that. Um, so we go too high, we go too low. Really, the trick here is to stay kind of centered. And that's what Buddhism offered us, the middle path, right? The way to stay in the middle where we're sort of, the pendulum's not swinging too far left and not too far right, but it's sort of in the middle. We're bringing ourselves back to the center. That's where our, our bliss and our joy exist, right there in the center. We sway a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. Finding center. I totally agree with all of your points you mentioned. Oh, okay. Awesome. Thanks. Well, I'm glad you're getting something out of it because that's why I'm here. I'm here to serve. <laughs> I hope somebody's getting something out of it. I know I am because I'm talking to, you know, <laughs> figure out my own life. <laughs> and that's what I do. I apply these practices to my life, right? Practitioner of the great work. Because I'm going through all of this. Oh, got it. Yeah, are you guys going through this? Who's all going through this? That's another thing that I thought of that I haven't been bringing up because you know me, I talk, talk, talk that's why I have a podcast. I've always been a talker, communicator. Is 
what do you guys want to hear about? What I mean, what is what are some topics that you guys are interested in in hearing in terms of, you know, alchemy, in terms of processes? Now again, everything under alchemy, right? Is it, you know, maybe dreams? Is it archetypes? Is it um you know, some of the work that I have constructed on my own. I mean, what is it? I mean, I'm reading from the Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation. Didn't even read out of the book today because there was other things that I felt needed to be addressed. But what other topics are you guys um, interested in hearing about? Or what burning questions might you have in terms of listening in and saying, well, I, you know, I kind of have a question about this or I have a question about that. Um, Please type it in the chat and let me know um, unless you're just totally okay with the, the the direction. But I think that it's important because I kind of feel like there's this foundational set of individuals. It's hard because people are fleeting um, when it comes to spiritual alchemy. Um, people won't stay in it. They'll kind of come and they'll get what they need and then they'll kind of go away. But I think we're at a point where it's pretty grounded. I think individuals are starting to recognize and understand what spiritual alchemy is. It's becoming a common name out in society right now. It's starting to make its grand rise again. Um, and people are starting to catch on to what it is. Um, so for you, uh, if you guys have any questions, let me know. Um, you know, again, alchemy is sort of this overarching process. It's not a religion. It's not, um, it's more of our existence and our observation of existence and our experience of existence and the process of it more than anything else. So every religion, every, um, anything you could possibly think of will fit under spiritual alchemy every subject. And hence, it gives us the opportunity to expand our consciousness, our minds, because spiritual alchemy allows, it's a, you're always a beginner in an observation of each process. You don't take anything, you don't throw anything out, right? And we don't, we don't throw it out. We don't throw anything out. We look at everything. And we understand the process of it. And sometimes if you're if you're a true practitioner of the work, you apply what the process is telling you to do and you see if you get a result. Really, you become kind of your own science project in some ways of the process. You say, oh, well, Buddhism says this. If I follow that, what's going to happen? And then you see what the results are in your life, right? You become the one who applies it to your own life rather than asking others to do it and see what happens to them. So alchemy, again, is your own personal, um, kind of your own personal relationship with the divine. It's your own personal relationship, your own way of creating with the divine, your own process, but it, it, it allows everything to be part of that process. And it allows you to go into one subject and see the interconnection of all subjects. You'll see the interconnection. Once you start to dig into it, you'll see, oh, this system and that system are saying the same things. Maybe they have different language. Oh, but this system has a little bit more here on this part. And this has this part. And you start to interweave. So for me, I can see the connections in all. 
I can see the interconnections, how you could go from one subject to the other because, and some people get very lost. I know I had people who were like, told me, yeah, I listened to your thing and it's kind of all over the place. I'm not sure what the point is, right? They, they want to get to a point. Well, spiritual alchemy doesn't have a point. It's ever evolving. It's always changing. And it's, it's that, it's like the lotus flower. It comes up and it blossoms. It's, it's growing out of, right? It's a process. It's not something that you get to a point. It's constantly happening. It's fluid. Transformation is always happening. It's not just a point you get to. Just like people say, well, I'm illuminated. Well, not necessarily, because if you were, then again, you'd be gone. You would have no purpose here. You would be living in the duality of this and that. Everything will have just disappeared and you'll be in pure bliss. There would be no need for suffering or anything like that. You know, if someone says they're enlightened, I step on their toe, what's going to happen? They're going to feel some pain. <laughs> that's suffering. So, so we're here and that's okay. We, we, we exist here and it's just the recognition of that. Um, so, hey, Shadow, how are you? So again, um, those charts, those models, um, you know, I think it's something that I can put into some of my teachings. Um, also, you guys, 2020 made people reevaluate their life's values and beliefs. Amen. And I think uh, alchemy is becoming, you know, once alchemy, here's another thing. I'll just say this before I go. Once alchemy starts to become popularized um, and people start to really look into it and start practicing it, they will uh, make it wrong. You will get in trouble because, I mean, if you look at history, this is, uh, we're at a point where alchemy um, had this rise um, and was, first of all, was being misused, what we see is happening today, but people started to understand alchemy. And because they started to understand the alchemy and they started to understand how to utilize it for their own life, they start to make it um, outlawed and, and people were getting killed because of it. So the more that people wake up to this, um, the more they're going to try to put it underground. And of course, they're going to try to do the same thing over and over again because they don't want certain people. They don't want the masses to have this information so that they can remember who they are, basically. So they're going to pull it. But right now we're at a place where it's being offered up freely. And we even have Gaia, some guy was talking about alchemy. He's already doing, you know, he's acting like as though he just discovered something so new. No, I'm sorry. Popular media, not something that I'll follow. I don't know what he's saying. I don't want to look at his programming because I don't know what kind of programming they're creating. And I personally don't know their intentions. And if I can't talk to them directly, probably not going to pay attention <laughs> because I don't know. Um, but I do know that as it becomes popularized and more people are starting to really live into it, um, they will start to pull the plug on it eventually. When they see people that know how to use it, um, are using it for the benefit of humanity um, and to untangle this slumber or this spell that, that people have been under um, for centuries, uh, then they're going to start saying, oh, no, 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 no. They're trying, they're trying so hard to keep people asleep and it's really, it's becoming comical the way that they're doing it. You see it in the media, you're like, what is going on? I mean, it's almost hard to see, right? You're like, what is wrong with these people? You almost want to laugh. It's almost just too comical. They're going over and above to try to keep people asleep and people are saying, no, I'm sorry, I'm not asleep anymore. You can't take it back. 
So we shall see what is to come. Um, let's see. Would you help me get out of a thing which is in me, which is covered most part of my heart and spins? I always think that I'm all correct rather than think of anyone else's view. Oh, okay. I become the victim of another man's thoughts and started forgetting about me. Oh, okay. Um, so you're basically have given up or compromised your own personal integrity for the sake of somebody else. That's what I'm hearing, at least. And, and I think that's what you're saying, right? Um, so first of all, um, I look at language. I am a life coach. And I'll say that right now, your language is called, you're calling yourself a victim, number one. Um, now, victim mentality is going to keep you there. Um, when we talk about being a victim, we're saying that we don't have a choice to rise above that. So a lot of it has to do with your language and the way that you view the situation. Um, even in, if we looked at now what's happening in the sex trafficking world, right? Um, I, uh, human trafficking, I did a lot of research in that back in the day. And when I did, victim and survivor became um, two of the terms that we looked at. Victim keeps the person um, in a state of fear, saying that they don't have choice. When you say you're a survivor, you, you have choice. Again, looking at choice. We look at etymology of words or the distinction of words or how do we um, change the wording in our head, the dialogue in our head. Remember, thoughts shape the reality. If you play victim, you're not taking responsibility for the, the way that you're experiencing the situation. You're putting the blame on the individual and saying that you have no choice in the matter. Okay, so that's number one. And that's only, I can't tell you because I don't know you, I'm not talking to you, but from what you wrote, that's the only thing I can extract from that particular piece. I don't know because... I'm not talking to you. I don't know you. I don't know the whole situation. Um, I would start, start, if I were you, by asking yourself why you allow yourself to become a victim rather than a survivor. And I would start with that question. Um, and that's my suggestion. Um, and then it says, would you help me get out? So victim mentality thinks that you need a savior. You don't need a savior. You can save yourself. Okay. Again, me, right? We can only save ourselves. This is a message you're going to hear common. I help people. Um, I work with people. I coach people. And when you hear people say, hey, I'm the savior. I can save you. I would run the opposite direction. <laughs> Nobody can save you but you. You have the power. So it's also remembering your value, your worth. I'd imagine if you allowed yourself to get so far in this that there's a worthiness conversation that you think that are you perhaps in your mind, you don't believe you're worthy of love or you're worthy of a good thing. And you're allowing yourself to believe that. If you're going to stay in that situation, that's what you believe. I just had this conversation the other day with a friend. So the second that somebody treats me, if I was to enter into a relationship with a man, okay, um, then, and the second that that person 
tries to belittle me or I feel some sort of way like, oh no, this doesn't feel right. I'm out. I don't give them a second chance, which is why I'm alone. (laughs) It's kind of funny, but it's true because who's going to love me more than I love myself. Now that that's hard for most people. I'm not telling that you have to be that way. And I'm not saying that that's the way it needs to be. Um, Some people love relationships and want to be in relationships, and there are good relationships out there. But for me, the second that I feel like my, that somebody's not valuing me, I can't be with that individual. I can't because why? Because I value me. See? So I hope that that was helpful. Um, and again, I think that's the biggest one. So... You, you first of all change the mindset from victim to survivor maybe look up those words kind of look at the the understanding of the mindset behind each of those because right now you're living in a perception of a victim and you're expecting someone to save you rather than looking at it from I'm a survivor and I can save myself okay you sound like a friend that people go to for relationship advice yeah you know, it's funny, GP man. I don't actually give advice. Um, I did yesterday. I'm a liar because I did yesterday give somebody advice. And I said, I don't typically give advice. That's exactly what I said. But here's the advice I'm giving you. And the advice I gave was give yourself time to process. Just give yourself time to process the situation and look at it. But I'm a coach. And really a life coach doesn't give advice. If somebody comes to me, let's say any of you guys were like, Natalie, I want, I I want you to coach me and I need coaching. Okay. And I don't coach everybody. First of all, we do a discovery call because trust me, I'm not trying to make money on coaching. Like most people out there. I don't, that's not what I want. It's very organic. People show up when they need to. And When I do coaching, and this is for you guys out there, if you ever feel like you want to get coaching and all that, right, is coaching is not um, me giving advice. It's really helping you give yourself advice, finding those parts of you that allow you to give you advice because you have the answers for you. I don't have your answers. I don't know your life and I can't give you anything. I really, I'm not here. I can't give you anything. You're giving it to yourself. So you really dig deeper into your own psyche and understand because that's where the power lies. Remember, you guys have the power. I don't have power over you. I don't even have power at all. I have responsibility for me and and my responsibility for me is to share information with you so you can find the responsibility for yourself, right? Because you have it. You're powerful enough. Anybody who's telling you different and anybody, any guru, blah, 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 that says, oh, follow me, I'm the great one, and they're glorifying them, that's what a false prophet is. You don't need to glorify another man to find your inner peace and your inner self, your inner power. See, that's where God says glorify me because you have the power in you and you find it in you when you search within yourself. So again, it's reminding people is really hard because we're looking for someone to point us in a direction, right? We're like, well, just tell me what to do. I can't tell you what to do. I can give you some background and I can give you some very powerful questions to think about. I can tell you right now, though, especially from that victimhood, the language is important. 
language is important when we're looking at the perception and how we actually are navigating in the world. That's why language creates. If we have the victim mentality, then the victim mentality says, poor me, right? Poor me. This was done to me. Okay, so possibly, yes. But how do we overcome that? It was done to me, but why am I accepting it? That's a better question. Why do I think that I'm not worthy of something greater? Why do I believe that I am not valuable enough? What can I do to go to survivor mode? Where I can survive this and I can overcome this. There's a different, see, there's a different feel to it. So language creates. Language shapes the way that we view the world and how we move through it. And even how we ask questions, right? The question you ask being, um, uh, let's see. Uh, I become the victim. Of, uh, let's see. For instance, I always think you're rather anyone else's view. I become a victim. Of, um, oh, you said, would you help me get out of this thing? I can't help you get out of anything. See, that mindset right there is victim, is tied to victim. Can Would you help me? That question, right? So looking at the question rather than how can I help myself get out of this? No one can help you but you. And that would be totally incorrect of me as a light worker to say, oh, I can help you out of this. Let's, let, like I'm some kind of a, what? <laughs> You are powerful. You. Now, does it feel like that sometimes? No, maybe not. And it, it, it does. Sometimes it pisses people off because I'll ask them questions and then they'll be like, I don't even want it. They, they, sometimes it's too much for them, right? Because it has them to dissect their own understanding of the world that they live in. And, and it's shattering these paradigms that we live in, you know? And some people can't handle it. It's a lot. It's not easy. It's not easy work. But as you can tell, I do it every single day of my life, all the time, every day, all day. And I keep saying that. I've been saying it since I started this and before I started this because this is my life. This is my purpose. This is what I was here to put here to do. Teach people. Remind people. Wake people up. Let them know. You guys have the power to get yourself out of any situation. You have the power. If you ever, ever hear me saying, I can save you or rescue you, please slap me and tell me something. Like, I am okay with people saying, uh-uh, you're out of integrity. Oh, yeah, okay, oops, because the ego slips in sometimes. We want to be the savior or something. It's not, no. <laughs> it's not easy doing this work, see? Because once people... For instance, people get a following, they start to look at the following and they're like, ooh, now what are they doing? Maybe manipulating the masses to get more people. Let me tell you what, I had that conversation with my own self when I first started this. I started looking at the numbers and I had to have a serious dialogue with myself, with God, with my internal um, um, integrity and remind myself that that's not what this was for. And it's never going to be for that. And people have said, well, why don't you do this? Why don't, because that's not the intention behind it. I never created this for the masses to follow or to receive money or receive all this shit. That's not what I did it for. I did it because it's a legacy that I get to leave behind. This is my purpose, right? I don't need to get anything out of it. 
And guess what? I've talked to myself on these things before. <laughs> for who? For me. I'm doing it for me, for my healing as well. My medicine becomes your medicine, just like your medicine becomes mine. That's how we heal together. Sometimes your own worst enemy. Amen. So, Danish, I hope that helped you. Um, whatever you're going through, um, you know, sending a lot of love and light. Um, and really just take a time to look at yourself. Really dig deep into who you are as a person. And, and what you're willing to accept. And how you feel about yourself. If you think you're worthy of something more. Something greater. Okay. All right, so I just went on a rant. I was supposed to only do 30 minutes. I've been going long and long and long on these things because I'm just tired of talk, 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 talk. Could you guide me at this, please? Like, I'm an introvert boy, but I always want to be outspoken guy. And I've given my shots to it, but when I go to my society, then they call me dull, make me feel. See, okay, they make me feel. Let's just look at that dialogue. They make me feel. No, you own that feeling. They don't make you feel anything. They just make statements. Now, this is sounds very dis. Uh, if I depict this apart, it would be like, oh my god. Uh, let me see. They make me feel I am behind the world. I'm the same. I was become distressed and lose my confidence. Tell me what's the best way to to overcome me. Okay, your language. You're still in the victim mentality. So I'm gonna go circle back to looking at yourself right and asking yourself how do i become a survivor to overcome these dialogues you're you're becoming the victim in your language i can see it just here they call me this so they make me feel that way you've got to take responsibility and ownership of your own feelings to overcome the dialogue it takes a lot of work right one session of me being here trying to talk about it through a text and then pick apart what you're saying, but I can see that is the common thread in the two things that you have said. You're still in the victim mentality. It's not going to change overnight. It's not, it won't. You have to do work around it. So guess what you're going to get? You get to do work around it if it's something that you want to overcome. The work being go look at what it is to be in a victim mentality. So first thing I would do is read. I don't know if you read, go read about what, what it's like to have a victim mentality as opposed to a survivor mentality. Those are the two things that I highly recommend. And I'm probably going to circle back to that same answer over and over again, because your language is victim mentality. See, no one can make you feel anything. Your feelings come from you, not from other people. We as alchemists learn to overcome those. We learn to transform them and transmute them. And then one thing I'm going to do before I go, because this really is getting long, is um, acceptance and rejection. I love rejection. People will be like, what the hell do you mean you love rejection? I love rejection. You know why? Because it allows me to accept myself for who I am. Self-acceptance. Now, one is an external happening and the other one is an internal being. The external happening is the rejection. Now, I can say that that rejection, I could put it on them and place blame on them, but that doesn't let me move anywhere. I can't move my chess pieces. I become checkmate. There you go. Now I'm just a checkmate and that's it. I have nowhere to go. But my own 
self-suffering. However, if I take that rejection and I say, how do I transmute the feeling? Because on the opposite end of that rejection, right, is some internal happening physiologically, mentally, whatever happens. I'm having dialogues in my head, all of this stuff. When I allow myself to go through the process of that rejection and fully embody it and feel it and let it go through me, what happens on the other end of that? Not cutting it off, not trying to put the rejection away and throw it out and pretend it didn't exist, but allow myself to fully surrender to the sensations that happen in the body, the experience of the rejection. On the opposite end of that for me is acceptance, self-acceptance. And in the mind, the dialogue shifts. Okay. You have to go through the process though. There are no shortcuts to this. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to shortcut it. No, you've got to allow yourself to go through the full entire process of it instead of cutting it off. Now, in that, right, what did I find? I found my gems. My gems being what? Self-acceptance. Holy shit. Really? Yes. And what I did as a practice was I would go to the gym and work out and like just in my head, the dialogue is like, them mofos don't know me. They don't know who I am. I'll do whatever I want. I'm a badass. I know I'm a badass. That's the dialogue I had in my head. Not poor me. Oh, they're so mean. You're never going to get anywhere with those conversations in your brain. That's never going to get you anywhere. It's going to get you more of the same thing. And then what you become addicted to is people feeling sorry for you. That's where you're getting your attention. Rather than feeding the confidence inside of you. Again, you're looking for an external answer that it's going to take you doing the work internally. You're going to have to do the, you get to do the work. You don't, you don't have to, but I can guarantee if you don't, you're going to continue on this cycle over and over and over again, chasing your tail. So the pattern for you would be, how do I overcome this? How do I move through it? You've got to move through it. Again, not something that could be done in, in a session, <laughs> one session on a live you know, session. You might feel good after this conversation, but you can fall back into your old patterns very easily. Find a practice that allows you to move through it. Uh, I used to be addicted to being right about being hopeless. Yes. Yes. There you go. I had held on to that so long. I forgot. Um, I was even holding it. <laughs> See, there you go. And then you start to realize, oh shit. Right? I have a, a, a dialogue in my head. You see, this this work that I do, Spirit and Coffee, wasn't popular when I was a kid. This is all I wanted to do as a child. And you think it was popular? Hell no. I wasn't popular. <laughs> I'm still not. <laughs> I would get into so much trouble. People were always pissed at me. I mean, I couldn't find my circle, right? It was really, really not common back then. It just wasn't, right? Especially where I grew up, okay? I don't know about other places, but where I grew up, it wasn't like that. You just go to Catholic school. You go get your Catholic, you're this, you're that. You just follow the rules. You do what your parents did. You And I was totally uh, like, who knows, alien child or whatever. So I was always rejected constantly. 
And I didn't let that be the story. I'm like, they don't know me. That's, you know, that's my takeaway. They don't know me. You're super op optimistic. Yes. The takeaway is we shouldn't let negative thoughts take over our mind. Yes. <laughs> He's like, get to the point. <laughs> yes. And it's easier said than done. So beyond the beyond the takeaway of just saying don't let the negative thoughts, how do we overcome the negative thoughts is a is a question that we can dig deeper into. Okay. So how do we overcome it? So Danish, it's you really learning to overcome your own inadequacy or what you feel is inadequate in you because you're believing the story. You're believing that you're you're inadequate because then you're like, it's my confidence and no. To get out of that victim mindset and start saying, I don't give a shit. It's almost like you just got to drown out the haters. <laughs> oh, go ahead, hate me. I don't care. <laughs> if I can tell you how many haters have showed up on Spirit and Coffee, like I had trolls for days sometimes and it was fun. I mean, I just had fun with them. I'm like, okay, you can hate me. I'm not, what do you want me to do? That's not, I mean, I'm not going to try to convince you to like me. You either like me or don't. I can't make you like me and I'm not going to try to. That's too exhausting. <laughs> okay. I used to be addicted to be, oh, let's see. Um, you're super okay. Misery loves company. People stray from people with victim mindset. Same reason why I don't date feminist women. They have a victim mindset. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. I am full of negative thoughts. What, okay. Running my health some way becoming mentally unstable i want to be entirely positive okay wait hold on you're never going to be entirely positive okay that's another reason probably why you're stuck in that mindset so what should i do tell me no you don't get rid of anything okay there's a lot of um yeah again this is getting super long um and i love supporting people but i'm going to tell you right now danish you don't get rid of it that's that's another that's another I want to say misstep in your thinking. I want to say you're wrong, but I want to say it's a misstep. We don't get rid of the negative. We work through it. Okay, this is spiritual alchemy is working through all of that. Negativity is always going to be there. You don't get rid of it. And you don't always live entirely positive. That's not true. If I told you that, I'd be a liar. I could sit there and say, life is so beautiful. No, it's not. That's bullshit. That's a lie. Life is hard. How we deal with the hard is what's important. You can't be entirely positive. People think I'm entirely positive. It's hilarious. Let me tell you what. Like this, like the individual said, I'm optimistic. Well, really, I would call myself opportunist more than an optimist. But that's okay. because part of being an opportunist, you have to be optimistic. <laughs> you have to believe that there are options. <laughs> yes, we should cope with it. Very good. That's a good word. Cope. I like that. Coping with it. We, we work with the energy as a spiritual alchemist. We don't necessarily want to be one or the other. We want to learn how to utilize it. Now, our, and why? And here's the big, big, big secret that people don't get to because those hard negative thoughts and those places that are the most uncomfortable give us our greatest, greatest fire. They are the ones that give us the inspiration if we allow ourselves to move through the process completely. 
and not try to get rid of it. That's why it keeps coming and smacking you in the face because you're trying to get rid of it. You're not going to get rid of it. And you even said it, look, I'm mentally unstable. Well, you're unstable because you're trying to lean too far left or too far right. Of course, you're going to be unstable. You need to find the middle. You don't need to be too positive or too negative. You're trying to find the middle where you're just in that sweet spot. Where you know how to overcome and work with and work through these, these dark, heavy emotions. So there's a lot there. Now, I would say if you don't, um, you know, if you don't have a therapist or a life coach, I would say I recommend getting one because one session isn't going to do anything really except give you some information. However, you can start to look at those mentalities or those mindsets that you're you're existing in because your the victim mentality is it could be OK if you're utilizing it to transition into the survivor mentality, you know, and you alchemize the two. You move from one space to the next space, okay? That's what alchemy does. We don't take anything out. We don't say, oh, I want to be completely light. And that's kind of what I was talking about in the beginning. People clash when you do that. Depression happens because of that. People are, are um, bipolar even happens because of that. Because, you know, I hate those terminologies. Really what's happening is that people are ascending too high and they're crashing so low. Because the wave that they're taking is way too high. They're not even know they don't even know how to surf and they're already trying to take a wave that takes them up to the heavens. Like you're gonna crash. That's that's what's gonna happen. You're going too high, right? So we wanna find sort of that middle space. And maybe when we've practiced on a small wave, then we can take the bigger waves because we know how to kind of ease back into. But when we don't, when we when we go all the way into the darkness, we don't even know how to bring ourselves out of it unless we go through it. You've got to go through it. It's I, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news if it sounds like bad news for people. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you like most people. Oh, let's be positive. Let's take all the negative emotions away from you. Lies. That's not how it works. <laughs> we have to go through it. But it's our greatest, when you when you finally um, hit that place where you understand how to move through it, it's like, I can't even explain how much energy exists in going through the darkness when you're able to get through those uncomfortable things. And when the t uh, tsunami hits, you're able to survive. Amen. Yes. The only crazy lady. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm a crazy lady too, apparently. We're all crazy. Let's go. So we sell in and then we say it's good. But yes, in the rejection and the acceptance, those are my two big things. Rejection, acceptance, rejection, acceptance. And I'm addicted to the rejection. I'm addicted to people rejecting. I'm like, yeah, please reject me. Guess what? That gives me the fire I need to keep moving forward. And it's good because that's what we find. We find something. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, then what kind of practice should I do to be in the middle? And what is the most helpful thing in, at this situation? Okay, that's that's good. What kind, I love that question. You see, your mindset is starting to shift into different questions, which is good. So that's good. You're getting somewhere here. Um, the, what kind of practice? Now, the practice is not something I can give you either. You have to ask yourself what what practice 
arises in those situations when you're feeling um, attacked, when you're feeling like something is happening to you, or you feel like these people, quote unquote, are doing something to you, and they're making you, quote unquote, feel a certain way. Okay, they're not, number one, you're feeling a way based on what they're doing to you. So you're feeling that way. They're not making you feel that way. You are feeling that way. Ask yourself, what can help you move through that situation? I can give you suggestions, but they may not work. Okay. So again, it's really hard. Okay. And I'm sorry if this is painful for you guys, but I can't give you the answers. I don't have answers for you. I can help you to question yourself and find the answers within yourself. That's what I do. That's what I'm here for. See, you're powerful enough. You've got to remember that you are powerful. Keep reminding yourself of that. I don't give a shit. Look in the mirror daily. I'm powerful. I'm enough. I matter. You're a badass. You're going to do this. You can do it. <laughs> right? You have to switch your own mindset. I can't do it for you. I don't have a magic key that goes in and just goes. And I wish I could. I would change everybody's mindset to think love and joy and bliss. And that's not how it works, though. You have the choice. So the practice, there's a couple. I can suggest things. Um, they may not work. Don't sit there and if they don't work for you, don't keep doing them. That's another thing. People are like, do this practice and guess what? Uh, you're going to do this. And then you try the practice for five days. And you're like, I hate this practice, but I have to do it if I want to get to that point. Bullshit, lies. Eh. They're just selling you something. <laughs> Sorry. I go off on tangents sometimes. Instead, ask yourself, what practices work for me? And how much time am I willing to give to that practice? So mindfulness meditation is a big one that helps us to be self-aware. So that's one practice I can recommend is just be aware, be aware when the dialogue comes up. How am I relating to this situation? What kind of, what kind of um, dialogue is happening in my head? What am I saying about this situation? Another practice is to exercise, listen to music. I mean, there's plenty of practices out there. Dance. I don't know. Allow yourself to move through the cry. I don't know, drop to your knees and cry. I've had to do that many a times. Drop to my knees and cry and just ah, let it out. Whatever you feel is best for you. And in that moment, your body will tell you what the practice is. Your body's intelligent. We have our vessels there telling us what to do. We just don't listen to it. We just pretend it doesn't exist. We're like, oh, yeah, what the hell? Who cares about that body? The body's telling us, listen, you jackass, I'm telling you to cry and you're not doing it. And now you're sick. Well, that's your problem. I gave you the, the cue. Okay. So, sorry, just go off. So there you go. Let's see. I'm okay with it. Let's see. Meditation. Yes. Uh, step one to breathe. Yes. That's a good one. Yes. I like that one. Um, give me an example, please. Okay. Breathe. I like that. Breathing is a great one. Actually. Um, sometimes I get impulses and I end up taking stupid. Oh God. Yeah. Don't, um, I should be put at the end. Okay. So yes, if it's an impulsive decision, take a breath. I like, uh, what she said, take a breath. That's a big one. That is a good one. And actually I would recommend, actually, that's something I would recommend is breathe. Yes. Very good. Breathe. Because sometimes we're holding our breath and making decisions, and that's never good. <laughs> Stare at yourself in a mirror and cry like a normal person. Getting to the root. Breathe is always step one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yes, it is. Step one. You're right. Because we breathe. <sighs> sometimes we just got to. And you know what? 
I'll just say this one last thing. I really got to go, but I'll say this one last thing. I was a substitute teacher at one point and I was with the little kiddos and literally, and I even remember doing this when I was a kid. If they were acting crazy, I'd say, oh, okay, 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 everybody, we're going to shut off the lights. Everybody get on your, you know, sit down on your butts, cross your legs, close your eyes and take a deep breath. And you know what? They never said no because our bodies know to breathe, right? We forget, like we shut ourselves off from breathing, but we have to breathe to live. Like we can't be without the breath. So yes, I highly agree with you. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Okay. So there you go. Breathe. That's the end of this. Um, thank you guys so much for hanging in there for so long. It's a long one. And you know what? Thank you for being vulnerable. Um, and actually Danish, thank you for sharing because, and everybody else who shared uh, to help Danish through this. Happy Veterans Day. Oh, it's Veterans Day. Oh, I didn't know that. Happy Veterans Day. Woo. Um, thank you to those who have given your service and your time and maybe are in spiritual emergency. But um, thank you, Danish, for sharing. Thank you for those who chimed in to support. Um, remember, Danish, you are the the fact that you shared tells me that you have confidence. Okay. Because most people aren't even confident to share their their story. So you do have confidence. You just gotta remember that. There you go. All right, so I love you guys. Have a fantastical day, Mwah, and I will see you guys, uh, not tomorrow because I work, but I'll see you on Monday. Okay, bye-bye.